Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Whether you're thinking of divorcing your narcissistic spouse, right in the middle of it, or have finalized your divorce, the tactics are the same. If this sounds like you, you need to know about Christine Hammond's new masterclass series, How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist. In this four-hour video series, Christine Hammond introduces the toxic tactics that narcissists use to abuse, humiliate, and manipulate you, and teaches you exactly how to recognize these tactics and navigate through them with mastery and confidence. How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist is a deep dive, a masterclass that'll show you how narcissists use tactics like bait and switch, scare tactics, roller coaster ride, and child's play. It's How to Survive a Divorce with a Narcissist, a four-hour recorded video masterclass with Christine Hammond. For more information or to purchase today, just go to growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. That's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This masterclass will change your life. Again, that's growwithchristine.com forward slash narcissism. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist, brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now, here's your host, Christine Hammond. Today, we're going to talk about what gaslighting is. Now, gaslighting has become a psychological term that was borrowed from a movie, and the movie took place in 1944. And it starred Ingrid Bergman. Um, It is something that you can pick up on Amazon. I've watched it several times. I would highly encourage you to watch it. And so let me tell you a little bit about the plot of the movie. It was a man who is obsessed with stealing valuable jewels who actually murders one woman and attempts to drive another woman crazy. Now, the other woman happens to be his wife. His single-mindedness, driven by his selfish motives, caused him to deceive and manipulate her in order to obtain what he wanted, regardless of the cost to her. Bit by bit, he actually torments his wife until she believes that she is losing her mind. She believes that she is going crazy. Fortunately, he's discovered just in time um, before he tries to commit his wife to an insane asylum. So this is the dramatic plot of the movie Gaslight and where we get the term gaslighting from. And unfortunately, art actually imitates real life. So it is just as valid today as it was in the 1940s. A person with narcissistic tendencies takes advantage of others to get what they want, resorts to deceptive tactics like twisting the truth. 
And any slight exposure to reality then causes them to claim that the other's perceptions are inaccurate and possibly crazy. Sometimes they even go to the extreme of hiding things and then say the other person actually lost the items or trying to get them to believe that they are losing their mind. So the name of this movie, Gaslight, is what inspired the psychological term called gaslighting. It describes the process of grooming someone into believing that they are losing it to the point of driving them crazy. So I'm going to explain how it works. And there's like 10 steps for how this procedure works. So pay attention, especially if you want to really understand this concept. Number one, you have to find a target. In the movie, a woman who recently experienced the traumatic murder of her aunt was targeted by the man who was after her inherited valuable jewels. Unfortunately, traumatized victims tend to look a little bit foggy. They seem confused, distracted, and even withdrawn and discouraged. So a person meaning harm often looks for such a person because they are less likely to be present and aware of any potential schemes, therefore making them more vulnerable. So the first step in gaslighting is to find a target. And you are most likely to be a target if you have already been through some level of trauma. Number two, charm the target. At first, the gaslighter is going to be the perfect person. They will be attentive, caring, and constantly present. While this is comforting to the target, it is actually a method of studying their victim. The more they learn, the greater the ability to successfully twist the truth. In this case, the charm is very deceptive, deceitful, and ultimately dangerous. So the first step is to find a target. The second is to charm the target. The third is to push boundaries. Early on in a relationship, it is normal to establish a boundary such as needing some time alone or with friends. A person who truly cares for another respects this limitation, but a person with ulterior motives will show up unexpectedly with some excuse of missing them or needing to see them. This is actually a test to see how their target responds. Any tolerance of boundary stretching is a signal that a person is insecure and can be manipulated person who maintains their boundaries is not likely to get schemed. Number three is the most important part in all of this and kind of the turning point. If you have a boundary and you establish it and a person respects it, then they are going to be a safe person. But if the person doesn't respect it and they push it and then you allow them to push it, well, then that sets you up for number four gives surprise gifts. A common tactic is to give a gift for no reason and then randomly take it away. The gift is usually something that is highly valued. So once the appreciation is shown, then it is removed as a precursor to what we call the push-pull abuse tactic. The idea is that the gaslighter is in complete control of their victim, giving pleasure and then taking it away. 
This creates a strange fear that things will be taken away if the target does not do exactly what is demanded. So number four is gives surprise gifts. Number five, isolates from others. In order to be effective, the gaslighter needs to be the only dominant voice in the victim's head. So all friends, family, and even neighbors are systematically removed from the target's life. This is what happened in the movie. There are excuses for this distance, such as your mother is crazy, your best friend said you're a gossip, that person is trying to take advantage of you, and my personal favorite, no one cares for you as much as I do. This reinforces dependency on the gaslighter to meet all of the needs of the victim. So this isolation with the gifts, pushing the boundaries, is all a process leading up to number six, makes subtle statements. Now that the sage is set, the actual work of the manipulation begins. It starts with hints of, you're forgetful, or you are angry. The victim might not actually be forgetful, but a little suggestion followed by the random disappearance of items such as keys always reinforces the concept. The target might not feel anger and in an attempt to defend says, no, I'm not, to which the gaslighter responds, I can hear it in the tone of your voice and your body language. I know you better than you know yourself. Even if a person wasn't feeling anger before, they're going to be feeling it now. So it's the subtlety of the statements that you have to watch out for. That's number six. Number seven, projects suspicions onto the victim. A gaslighter is naturally a suspicious person who takes their own fears and states that it is the target who is actually the paranoid person. This projection can become a self-fulfilling prophecy as the victim, who has become dependent on the abuser, that's what happened in previous steps, believes what is being said. Without anyone else to counteract the truth, which is the reason for the isolation, the twisted perception then becomes a reality. The victim becomes paranoid and the gaslighter becomes dominant. So number seven is the gaslighter is projecting suspicions onto the victim. Number eight. Here's where it gets interesting. Plants seeds of imagination. This step begins by suggesting that a person is imagining things that aren't real. It is reinforced through intentional removal of lost items, claiming they hear random noises, and generating unnecessary emergencies. Everything is done to cause the victim to become even more dependent on the gaslighter's perception. Frequently, this step is done in conjunction with a repetition of the other previous six steps. It is a slow, methodical, almost daily process that is well-planned. Think of it as like this constant dripping of a faucet. Number nine is attack and retreat. This is where the push-pull abuse tactic comes into full view. As the gaslighter attacks the victim through random anger outbursts, which are designed to startle a person into further submission. Then they follow it by making a joke of the incident, claiming that the target's reaction is an overreaction. 
the victim feels ridiculous and subsequently trusts their instincts even less. Successful completion of this phase gives the gaslighter complete control now to convince their victim that they are actually going crazy. So this is where the push-pull comes in and the attack-a-treat number nine. Last, number 10, takes advantage of the victim. This last step is where the gaslighter has obtained enough influence and domination that they are literally able to do whatever they want to the target. Usually there are no limits or boundaries anymore and the victim is unfortunately completely submissive. For a previously traumatized person, this last phase is even more painful as trauma is built on top of even more trauma. The gaslighter who has no empathy for their victim can only see that the end justifies the means of getting exactly what they want. So let's review the 10 steps again. Number one, find a target. Number two, charm the target. Number three, push the boundaries. Number four, gives surprise gifts. Number five, isolates from others. Number six, makes subtle statements. Number seven, projects suspicions onto the victim. Number eight, plants seeds of imagination. Number nine, attack and retreat. And number 10, takes advantage of the victim. So in the movie, it took the observation of an outsider to actually help the wife escape from the clutches of her gaslighting husband. In real life, it often also takes such a person to shed light on this abusive situation. This could be a family member, a friend, a neighbor, or even a counselor. Being such a person requires observation, courage, and very careful timing. But to the victim, it is an absolute lifesaver. So this is what gaslighting is. Next time, I hope you're not caught off guard by what a gaslighter can do to you. Pay attention and make sure the most important step in all of this is that you set your boundaries and then keep them. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by psychcentral.com. For more information, visit growwithchristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.